Talo Valava. Thank you for choosing Once a Warrior. My name is Monte Beatham, and I'm with the man known as the Michael Jordan of Rugby League. That's right, this guy, Ali Lawititi. How are you, my man? Yeah, Talofa, yeah, good, thank you. Mons, thanks for having me. Um, good to be on the show anyway. Great to have you on the show, finally. It's taken the second season, but that's good. Okay, um, what's keeping you busy? Uh, what's keeping me busy? Um, I, apart from being a family of five, uh, I've got five kids, um, a beautiful wife, but also I'm fortunately I've, I'm currently working for, with the New Zealand Rugby League in the wellbeing space. Um, some of our partners, you know, that we work with, um, I need to mention is Levar. Uh, we uh, deliver some of their programs, mental health programs, which is awesome. We, you know, we're just trying to change the narrative of the culture. Um, you know, it's a, you know, uh, there's a um, campaign that we did at NZRL, you know, around um, it ain't weak to speak. I think that's something that we need to do. Um, not only as a rugby league community, but as um, as a community in general. Um, I do a little bit of a coffee um, run, a um, um, little business on the side, Coffee Bro. And also my, myself and my wife have uh, affiliate marketers, so we're just trying to, you know, do things to keep the family going, I guess. The Michael Jordan rugby league and the entrepreneur at the same time. I and mean, giving back to the great game, I love that, man. Okay, the title of MJ, how does that sit with you, the Michael Jordan rugby league? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a title that's, you know, been given to me from, from the great uh, Mark Graham himself. Um, I think he was... Hungover, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was enough before, but uh, nah. Yeah, it's, nah. It's, um, Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. I'm just Ali Lautiti, I think. Everyone's a fan of you, Ali Lautiti, and it's moments like these uh, that you earned that title. Give us one of these. <laughs> Give us one of these with a smile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Ali, when you watch that footage back, uh, what sort of memories does it uh, provoke from your, your days of playing for the Warriors? Oh, you know, great memories of, um, you know, just enjoying yourselves, uh, playing footy, expressing yourselves with the boys. And I think that was probably the, the good thing about playing for the Warriors. Um, it's in front of your home crowd, your family, and you just want to um, do them proud. So. I don't know, do the thing that, you know, um, that God's, you know, the talent that God's given you, um, and hopefully you can do it with the, the brothers that um, you go to war with. Uh, 97 was the first time that I came across you. We were playing under-19s. It was the uh, Mel Meninga Cup. You shouldn't have been playing first 15 in the weekend uh, for Otahu College, uh, but you did. How many times did you play that? Because the first five, second five combination of Arini Ai'i and yourself, yeah. I came and watched one time at King's College and what a combination you two were. Yeah, I wasn't supposed to play rugby first at the end, but um, I was still at school um, in 97, so um, I couldn't say no to the boys and also the coaches. So, um, I, you know, uh, probably a few Saturdays I'd, I'll sneak out and play first 15. And I think it was just because of the um, that, that brotherhood that you have at school. And so, no, nah, it, was, it was a bit of both. So, yeah, enjoyed it. But Rene, it was 
a wonderful player. You both had magical footwork, and that's why I want to speak about that as well. Different sort of footwork, but you just beat uh, people with these. Uh, talk to me about how that came about, because I remember back in the day you used to talk about lunchtime activities or teaching yeah. each other. Oh, playing outside of Renia, you're right. He's he's um, you know one of a kind, and his footwork was amazing. You know, so, you know something that you do naturally. I think if you go out South Auckland or even in Auckland itself, you see um, kids sidestepping in the park. So yeah, you're just trying to sidestep each other, but also probably for us sometimes sidestepping your your mum, you know, because she's trying to give you a hiding after <laughs> after you did something wrong. But nah, it was always um, you know something that you kind of did naturally. So yeah, I think. Um, just learning of each other and seeing them do it. We mentioned your footwork. Um, it goes back to early on when we were both in the full, full-time squad and um, one of the legends of the club, Stephen Kearney. You had to hold the pad and all he had to do was tackle you, but he couldn't tackle you. Uh, do you remember that moment? Because like we're talking about six to eight attempts and he couldn't tackle you once. And it was just sort of in and out. He did the shimmy, shimmy, and he would just be at the top of his voice swearing and carrying on. It was actually a little bit awkward. What do you remember that moment, Ali? I remember... I I don't know if anyone knew, but um, I know he came up you know, to me before the um, for training and he said, hey, go hard in this one. Because, you know, I think pre pretty much like you, you know, um, always telling the boys to not be humble, express ourselves, go hard in whatever we do. So he told me that um, before that training and um, we had the next drill was a, a stepping drill or, a, a, you know, uh, evasion. And, and so that's what happened. Um, he came at me and then I had to step him a few times. But, man, I, I respect him. He's a legend of the game. And he, he was another, another one that kind of well, mental... He didn't me. respect him that day, mate. Probably you sort of getting back at him a little bit because, you know, it was him who was trying to always get up for you for fitness and it was Bob Lanigan <laughs> and all these other uh, guys that yourself and David Sol, um, You know, you didn't really like training much, did you? So was that a, a way of getting back? Probably, yeah. So um, he used to um, text us, or myself, Logues and Brian, uh, to meet up at, you know, Cornwall Park every morning and, and go for some runs, but I knew the runs were... Pretty crazy, so I used to pretend that um, I didn't see his text. <laughs> so he told me he's going to training, hey, how come you didn't turn up? And I, ladies will be giving it to me, Brian will be giving it to me. So a legend of a game, but definitely um, was someone that kind of reached out to me and, and helped me in my game. Um, after your massive year in 1997, talk to me about 1998, your debut. Uh, do you remember much about it? Yeah, what I remember was, um, you know, it was, it was at the um, North Sydney Oval against North Sydney Bears. Um, yeah, seeing on the other side, uh, watching um, the players they had, the caliber of players they had. I think I was just in awe, and uh, it was a massive moment for me, not only for myself, but for my family and the boys that I played with. So I think for me, it was just kind of representing you guys and also my family and our communities. And so, no, nah, it was, a, it was, it was a, a dream come true, but also, yeah, I, I remember scoring in one try. I think I closed my eyes, did a, um, a dummy, turned around, and the... Um, the hole opened up and I just walked over the challenge. So, yeah, nah, happy days. Uh, Frank Endicott, uh, Mark Graham and also Daniel Anderson. In terms of those coaches, which one probably suited your um, style of play better, do you think? Which one um, really helped you with uh, risk versus reward or just understanding of when to be the MJ or, or when to sort of um, be a little bit more yeah. straight bat? Yeah, all of them were good, but I, I guess for me, um, Daniel Anderson was probably... Um, someone that, you know, really um, kind of got my game, you know, going in 2002 and definitely, you know, put the pressure on us and on, on me to perform week in a week out and I think that's what I I had to do and try to do. Um, but yeah, the pressure was there. I know that it's 
especially as a someone that you know that the ball would always you know come to and you know they always expect you to do something. Um, you know it was good because um, it was part of the it was your job, but also you want to do it for your you know your teammates. Ali, when you played, you were so relaxed, you were so smiley, mate. You always looked like you're having so much fun in the backyard. Did you ever have nerves? Yeah, 100% I did. Um, always smiling, it's, it's just part of me, and I think part of each of our players to smile when you're you know, doing something that you love, playing, but definitely um, in here, man, I was all up here, I was nervous, thinking about what to do, thinking about your role, and um, you know, not... Um, not stuffing up for your mate next to you. Um, those are all the things that kind of come in, and also thinking about uh, someone like Ando blowing you up at halftime. <laughs> those are all the things. He had a good get. blow up, eh? Yeah. He had a good blow up. What was the best blow up you reckon Nando had for you? Oh man, he can spray. Yeah, I, I remember one time he used to come, he came in, and, he, and I used to try and go to the toilet so he can try and avoid <laughs> me. He was going, where, where are you? And he'd come, and I'll come into the change room, and he'll be like. We lost again because of you. All like, hey, <laughs> so, yeah, stuff like that, man. Like, he'll just give it to you. Which, hey, man, I, I love the passion, um, and, that, and that's who he is. Eh? And I think, yeah. But but that's hard. That's hard to cop that, right? Yeah, no, nah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember going always going home, and I remember the you know Andrew used to give it to me. My dad used to give it to me at the same time. So I used to get both all the time, and my dad used to go, "What are you? Are you scared?" Or you know, he he was ruthless. So. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I used to tell Andrew that I was going, man, you, you know, when you blow me up, I'll go home and my dad would be blowing me up. So I'd be like, ah. Oh. What, what would your dad say, mate? What would oh, mate, and, and so I'm always like, what are you doing? You should give your jersey to someone else. You know, he's one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, so he's even tackling, like, oh, if you had no hands, you you probably missed all your tackles uh, and all that kind of stuff. So it's not just the backlash of the media out there and radio sport, it's, um, <laughs> it's the family. Right. Which makes it really hard. Hard up, man. That's why every time after the game, I used to go to my mate's house because I knew straight away I'd be getting probably another um, team talk from, from the coach at home. So, yeah, he used to give it to me, man. Was, everything that the coaches used to say, he used to say it. You, you know what, I, I, that whole time, I didn't realise you had that pressure on you. I didn't even realise you felt that pressure. Yeah. Um, you know, because I was always in your ear. There's always a lot of people in your ear. For me, I think I needed that kick up, you know, sometimes kick up the butt, you know, and I... And I think, you know, sometimes we, we do need it, but for me, I, I, thankfully, I had some um, good um, youth leaders, some, some people that I, you know, spoke to. I, well, one of the um, brothers that he's passed away, Anava, we had Tony Fuyava, we had, and um, just guys from, from church, but also around the neighbourhood that you can kind of lean on and talk mm -hmm. to, and some friends too, some good friends, I think. That, and I think that's all, you know, we need that. Someone that could be real to us, but also encourage us. Um, but also boys like you, man, definitely, our, um, the team environment helps but, you know, because you're not, you know, um, you know, you're not going out there by yourself. It's not like a boxing uh, match. It's, it's a team effort. So, no, you're always leaning on each other. I think that's a big thing. I know the pressure's there, but hopefully we can kind of talk about it to other people. With that in mind and that pressure, what, what would be going through your head uh, when you got the ball? What are you trying to do first? Try and look to beat that player? Try and look to, to engage and then offload? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to think about how you can create space for your man outside you straight away because you would do it all. I mean, yeah. in 2002, I think close to 100 offloads uh, for the season. What's the mindset of Ali Laotiti going to the line? Apart from offloading because you don't want to play the ball because it takes heaps of energy out of you. Um, <laughs> nah. You know the tricks. Ah, uh, man. Um, yeah, but nah. Yeah, it's trying to beat your player. Um, yeah, so obviously go forward, try and beat them, either run through the hole or, you know, try and um, take them on one side and then beat them on the other side. 
Sometimes, you know, you got that um, Benji Marshall jig. I never had that. Uh, but yeah, you're trying to take them to one side. Hopefully they'll go there and then change direction to because all their weight's gone on that side. So hopefully you can try and beat them back on that side. And that's the way I do it. But I try and do it in a um, as late as I can, if I can, if, if I can. Uh, especially when you're, you know, trying to step someone that's lighter than you, way more agile. But that's that's the uh, mentality going going into it. Let's talk about that left edge in 2002, Ali. Um, I mean, you were a second row of the year. Uh, Clinton was the best um, centre uh, in the world at that stage. And then obviously you had uh, France out aside him and you had Stacey sort of orchestrating it all. Uh, talk to me about that special relationship and why it was special and how would you even determine who gets the ball at, on each given occasion? It was just easy. You just passed them and they, did, they had the footwork, the speed. So it was pretty much, I think, for me it was... What I said before, creating the space, but just giving them some time to, to do their thing. Stace was definitely the glue for, for our side. He, you know, he's he's the director, he's the general. Um, I think he kind of um, illustrated everything. Or um, so yeah. In, in terms of that, he was the one that kind of set everything up. All we needed to do was run the line, or you know, do what we did, um, either create or run through them. You're pretty much running to a half or someone smaller than you. So. Hopefully you could, you know, expect it to run through them. So I think it was all that. I think it's all the components coming together, everyone enjoying themselves and doing their job. Kind of just, uh, yeah, it just worked. You know, uh, Clinton was another amazing player, you know, and it was his passion. Um, he was really vocal. I think that was one of the things we was trying to shut him up. So um, I think um, Stace did that. And, um, and you had someone like um, Francis that never talked. So... It was good. I think they just kind of like, um, I don't know, I don't know how they communicated. They just looked at each other. Um, <laughs> but no, nah, yeah, having someone like Clint, man, he was awesome. But yeah, definitely, I think it was hard work for Stace and, um, and Andrew. But I know that he was scared of you, so you kind of put him in line. You, you mentioned that too, language, because sometimes comms aren't there, but it's instinctive. Or it, it's that, that the many times that would be out there on the field doing con games uh, mm. with Daniel Anderson. Yeah, I think that was massive, the con games, because I think when, when Ando came, he definitely implemented that and, and bring that into the space, which was good for us because then we yeah, did things on um, on the training paddock that we would never do, and then it, it was easier to transfer it onto the paddock. So, no, nah, definitely that. Um, and sometimes you didn't even have to communicate. You knew where the guy outside you was running or because of those con games. So it kind of just came easy because you did it at training. That try that Ivan Cleary scored at Mount Smart, against the Broncos, and you didn't even look. Have you got eyes at the back of your head, Ali Titi. How do you have that, that skill set to be able to just, you know, pull a pass out like that? I mean, that's an iconic um, bit of footage that we always see. I think it was something that, you know, I probably saw on TV, someone like, you know, or Randy IE or even Carlos Spencer, but, you know, um, you know, once we practice it at training, you know, we do all that kind of stuff, stepping and passing, trying to emulate someone or, and then, for some reason, it happened in that Broncos game. It just happened. I think I saw on the corner of my eye, I saw Stace, you know, um, uh, changing direction, and that's when I popped it up. So, no, nah, it was one of those things that it just happened. Not every part of it, Ando's teaching did you like. You didn't like the sandpit much, did you? Oh, yeah, that sandpit. No, nah, that was... <laughs> you know what I mean, man? I'm not a... I'm definitely an American football player. I just love attack. So, um, <laughs> when it came to D... Especially trying to tackle um, someone like Palacino or Jerry or even Tooks. Um, oh, that was tough. So definitely um, my hands were sore because I don't, 
use my shoulders, so it's mainly, <laughs> mainly fingers and <laughs> jersey pulling, so yeah. What, what do you think you went that way? Because you're, you're a big man, Ali, and you never sort of, I mean, you, you did put on a, a lot of shots in your time. Yeah. You, you still did. But it wasn't something that you sort of, you wanted to do. It wasn't, it wasn't in your nature to, to be aggressive. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was just, man, maybe, you know, just the way I kind of grew up. I think I, um, I don't know, blame it on my sisters. I, I grew up with four <laughs> sisters. And so, because I always tell the boys and, and, and family and friends that I, that I, um, man, I wasn't a, I didn't play it because I was tough. I just played because I had to help my parents pay the bills. And, but also it was fun playing with the boys, you know, and I love the attack, attacking side of it. Now you always got those players that you enjoy playing with or being alongside, or you just feel that much more comfortable about your chance of winning uh, because they're there with you. One or two, uh, who you enjoyed it and why? Uh, Jerry, you know, he was like a, you know, older brother. Um, really looked after me. He was always that um, older brother, but he was around my neighbourhood. Um, come from Otara, um, so yeah, it was good to have him. I think apart from his, um, who he is as a, as a leader, but also I think he influenced most of our PIs. It was because of, um, he was more of a, a, you know, a silent leader, he just, just for his actions. Um, you know, spoke, you know, uh, spoke volumes, I guess. And, and who he is, is you know, he was well respected with, you know, amongst us. He was much older than us. Uh, nah. <laughs> but he was more, yeah, I think, for, I think for me, he was way more mature than me. So he definitely kind of, um, yeah, spoke, you know, definitely was wise and... Um, he wasn't so silent on the field, though, was he? Nah, he wasn't, yeah. He was, was a bit of a caveman. Yeah, I think that was, yeah, he was. Yeah, and that's why... He, you remember what sort of noises he used to make? I just remember him um, before the game. He was, like, slapping his face and, you know, <laughs> just getting, you know, just breathing himself up. I think that was, that was something different. Um, but, nah, that's the way it worked for him. And you saw me, he was a beast on the field, so, yeah. nah. I think everyone's played a big part of my life, especially all the boys that I played with. Yourself, um, always in my ear, you know, <laughs> turning up, you know, uh, to be professional, which is, um, you know, uh, always a good reminder, even though sometimes you didn't like it, but hey, that's part of um, team sports. What about characters off the field? I mean, I, I know for a fact you were always one of the guys that are up amongst it and were stirring people up to, to make them laugh or, or to get in. And then you, you'd wind them up and then you'd walk away and just watch it all unfold. Uh, who were the characters? Who did you love to be around in training and, and, and why? Oh, you had like someone like uh, Francis Smelly and, um, and Hens, Henry Farfili, you know, trying to battle it out. You see the best um, styles or car, but also Toops. Um, those guys were funny. Hearing them, uh, probably someone like um, PJ Marsh, man. He, oh, once he started talking, man, you, you didn't know. He, he's the worst storyteller. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was. He was definitely a, I don't know, someone that can commentate like a horse race or something, TAB or something. Yeah. So no, nah, he was awesome. No, nah, we had so many um, characters. Probably Stace, uh, Stace or you know, after a night out, I think they're, they're, they're characters. <laughs> What are the big games in Ali Lawatiti's uh, career? Definitely have to be the grand final, even though we lost. Um, you know, that was a probably big moment for all of us, and especially as a club. Um, you know, to know that, you know, definitely the belief was there, um, and it's always possible to do that. And I think the, probably the other big one was, was it 2001 when we first made the to top eight? I think that was probably a real... Um, big moment for us because it was the first time the club ever made um, final football. The first home uh, semi-final, it was against Canberra. 
Um, and I remember you scoring a try. I think you were playing prop at the time too. Uh, your memories of that game? Because, I mean, that's a special moment too, the first home semi-final. Yeah, because I, um, I, I remember that game because I, I think I just came, up, came back from a, from a knee injury for two weeks. And I thought I wasn't going to play, but I did play. And then, thankfully, I think it was Stace again, gave me a pass, put me through the hole, and then I ran under the post. So it was, yeah, surreal because it was, man, it was, it was in front of the packed um, stadium. Um, I remember that. And then just the, the whole um, vibe around the, the club was, was different. So, nah, yeah, good times. And nah, just thankfully to, thankful to play amongst some good players. In terms of what you did at the club, which was huge, uh, what's, what's your thoughts on the club and how you left it and uh, what are you going to be remembered for? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm always um, thankful and, and I'm grateful for, you know, the club giving me the opportunity. Um, I know the way I probably left, it was all, I always blame myself, you know, because I, um, it, was, it was my actions and, you know, and, and I know, um, I don't want to go back, but, you know, the CEO had to make, make the call and that's what he, that's, you know, and that's his job. So, um, but no, always thankful for the club, um, always cherish the moments that I had there. Um, and they've given me so much, you know, the game has given me so much. So that's why I think I'm in the space, trying to give back to our, our young ones um, and also our rugby league community out there. Did you want to leave? Had their thoughts of going, oh, I wish I didn't leave? You know what, it's, to be honest, it was a blessing in disguise for me because I, I came back and I think this is where it all started because I know Mick was, we had um, a few meetings and I wasn't, I wasn't really in the headspace to kind of play. I, 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 the love of... Um, the game kind of went away for me after the, the off-season. And then, so when that happened, I didn't want to play again. So, and it was, uh, thankfully, I, um, praise the Lord, I, I got married the year before and then my wife said, hey, do you want to go trial? Do you want to trial, um, go overseas? And I was like, no, no way. And so that's how I, I, I went over to Leeds. It's because of that. And I thought I was going to be there for six months. Ended up being there for 12 years. So, you know, for me, it's, uh, everything happened for a reason. Um, and I don't blame anyone, and I know the media kind of bring it out wrong, but I'm, I, you know, I, yeah, as you said before, um, I was thankful to, you know, and I caught up with Mick um, a year ago, and also Daniel Anderson and everyone else, so no animosity here, um, mm. you know, everything happened for a reason, and I, and I definitely blame it on myself, so yeah. I guess early in time, um, you realise uh, with the benefit of age and hindsight that it's not really about priorities. They can differ. The only thing that truly matters is the performance. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's like any other job. You, you always have to give 100%, and I think that's, that's what I'm always trying to give. Um, even though the values, the priorities, we were, we were a bit different. Um, you know, it's, it's God, you know, it, you know, God in, intends us to, to do our best, put our best foot forward. And, uh, and that's what I was trying to do, and it wasn't, wasn't me putting, you know, the priori you know, priorities um, a bit, you know, a different order. Didn't mean that I wasn't going to do that. Um, yeah, it was just that, and I think I really encourage someone that's in the footy um, to have strong values and stand by it, but also always put your best foot forward. Ali, once a warrior, always a warrior. There will only ever be one Michael Jordan of rugby league here at the Warriors. Man, you were special, so, so thank you very much for your time in the jumper. No, thanks, Mont. Thanks for having me. God bless. And thank you for your time. We will see you next week for more stories and insights right here on Once a Warrior.
Ellie Valentini. Oh, brilliant grab the corner pass.